0: You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Brian Peacock here with Eric Crocker. If you don't know me, I've done a lot of things in media, radio, PFF, Roto-Wire, used to write fantasy football and baseball blurbs. Eric Crocker, former NFL, AFL player, and now we're together here with you daily on Locked On 49ers, at BD Peacock, on Twitter, at Eric underscore Crocker. We got to one question, I think, yesterday with Wink, which which happens on our Winky Wednesdays, so I want to get to some questions for sure from the mailbag on Twitter on today's program. Uh, one thing I just saw on Twitter, Croc, that I would like to get into here. A little bit is uh, we, we talked yesterday about the throwing motion and the release and what Kyle Shanahan said about Trey Lance and Trey Lance continuing to put in work here after the OTAs were cut short and there's a video of him throwing to some college kids I don't know where he is where's Westlake anyway um, he's I don't know if it's local or if he's back home somewhere throwing but throwing to some some college kids and I say college kids because he's the same age he's a college kid age wise at 21 years old but it looked like he's working on that uh that base that that wide base that shanahan was talking about he was just kind of dropping back taking these really tiny steps with a <laughs> wide base and throwing so are you
1: all right dude uh, man, what are you doing like a, over there are you getting attacked fly. by a bat it was like a horsefly just tried to attack me like <laughs> scared the crap out of me
0: oh man we gotta if get you this. haven't
1: seen like country horseflies dude they are different I really mean, they okay. are yeah, they're like a different beast
0: no i have not but you you freaked out just now i wish we had this on youtube right now because that was hilarious you look like you're getting <laughs> attacked by something big that's yeah. awesome but uh, did you see the video trey lance throwing uh th- throwing with his 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 newer wider base looks like he's working on something
1: yeah nah definitely um i mean just looking at him take everything that he's been kind of taught it looks like he already started working on a lot of these things with quarterback coach um from atlanta I don't know why I can't think of his name. Quincy Avery. I don't know why Avery, I, that, yeah. I had a brain fart just now, but he had been working with Quincy Avery, and you see him start to work on those things, a lot of things that he needed to kind of clean up heading into the whole draft process. I started doing that, and then just to kind of see the progression of how things are going and started, you know, obviously working with the 49ers and their coaches and uh, working with uh, the guy that Kyle Shanahan made him work out with. It looks like he's taking all that in, and John you start to see it kind of applying to his game a little bit and, and, and looking a little bit natural. So that, that's what you want. You want to rep these things until it becomes just, uh, you know, muscle memory. Oh, yeah. And it looks and like he's doing that.
0: He's got plenty of time. He's got six weeks before training camp even starts. And so working on whatever he needs to work on. And he's he's a dude that's going to put in work. Like, if Trey Lance fails, it's not going to be cut because he's not smart. It's not going to be because he's doesn't work hard. And it's not going to be because he's not talented, right? So uh, right. There, there's, there's a lot to work with with Trey Lance. And so it might take a while. Who knows? Uh, we'll see how long it takes and, and what it looks like with Trey Lance, but it's so much to work with and you really like the dude. It seems like that's one of the, the key factors in all of this is like you believe in the person too, which makes everything a lot easier and made it a lot easier for the 49ers to move up and draft him at number three.
1: Yeah. And I think that's probably what you just said is probably one of the higher compliments that you can give to someone. You know, there are a lot of guys that are extremely talented and you're like, man, well, you know, he's so talented, like his physical capabilities aren't going to be the reason why he fails. It's going to be these other outside things that we might have questions about. That's what you don't want, right? But when you see somebody with his physical capabilities and and his you know ability to either run the ball or throw the ball and big arm, all that, and he has the mindset to match, to mirror his physical capabilities, like now you're saying, well, if he fails, it's not going to be because of his work ethic. I think that's a that's a really high compliment for someone like him.
0: And the throwing motion thing is interesting because you're an athlete and just go out there and throw. But if if you're really tearing it down and he's thinking about you know his feet and his placement and all these things, that's something that can take a while. And it's like a golf swing where Mm. you know one thing here changes this, and you have to get it all to feel natural. And and that's something that can can take a while. And his one his biggest knock as just a player was accuracy coming out of college and there were some reports that maybe he was missing on some throws and a couple of these throws they were completed in this video but they're a little bit high and brian on twitter says i think my only concern is should we have any concerns that his passes seem high or do you think they're doing that on purpose i know some people reported he was missing high in otas and that question was directed to you and i Croc. and the a couple of the passes there were high but they're back of the end zone throws i think they were high on purpose in this case but um and I think part of the striding thing, you can, you can get behind the throw, right? I know you mentioned you talked with uh, somebody that is more of an expert on these things than we are, and I know from 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 baseball and pitching, if you overstride, you are you miss high, and if you understride, you miss low because you're coming over the top a little bit and it's coming lower. And I think it's the same for uh, a release for a quarterback as well. And I think that's part of it why Shanahan wants him to start with the wider base. So he's not stepping and, and widening his throw as he, uh, as he goes through his delivery. I think that'll keep him more consistent with his throws and it'll obviously allow him to throw it quicker because he's not striding. And it'll keep his eye level. So there's a lot of things that, that will help him in that regard with what Shanahan's trying to get him to do, which is, I think why that would be the goal. If that's the thing you're trying to tweak with his delivery. So it'd fix all those things.
1: Yeah, definitely. And what you're alluding to with, with, with my guy, Greg Penelli. uh, owner, founder, whatever, of, of um, Panelli Passing Academy does a good job, really working with a lot of guys, has worked a ton with Josh Allen since Josh Allen was in excuse, uh, high school. So he's been working with Josh Allen for a while. I'm in mean, other quarterbacks, uh, Tyler Bray, he's been a, what eight-year NFL backup right now and um, a ton of college kids around that area, Central Valley, uh, Fresno State, that whole area works with a ton of kids. Um, and he was the one, he's always the one who I reach out to and ask questions about. And um, I remember him tweeting me or texting me before, like, I hate the way Jimmy Garoppolo throws. this way. He's never going to be a good downfield passer. And he's telling me all these little things like about his feet and things that he doesn't really care for and how he can improve it. Um, and same thing um, with this whole thing with, with Trey Lance, you know, I just asked him like, hey, and I didn't say Trey Lance, but I just said, why do guys miss high? And he said, well, there's a bunch of different reasons and he started saying all these different things, but he said, ultimately, you know, a guy can, it can be really simple and a guy just missing high because he's late. If a guy isn't really sure about what he's seeing or, you know, whatever that can, that can like kind of make him miss high because he's late and all these other things. So there are a bunch of different reasons that he can miss high. I would have to see it enough to know that it's really an issue, right? Like him missing high twice in practice in the first OTA practice to me, that doesn't – that's not a theme. That's not, you know, something that's extremely consistent to me. Yes. I have to see it like wherever game we're just missing – we're just seeing him miss high, miss high. Josh Allen, rookie year, missing high, missing high, missing high, missing high. Like if we see that from Trey Lance, then I'll say, okay, yeah, there's an issue. But it, like one practice because a guy overshot something, uh, I, I, can't, I can't say that it's an issue. Yeah. So even in that film, like okay, on the on the back of the end zone, guy had to jump half a foot off the ground, caught the ball, like that, that's not a big issue to me.
0: Yeah, this is just a video. We don't know what they're working on. He might be working on throwing back of the end zone throws where he's trying to get the ball up high for a receiver to go get the ball and bring it down. So Um, that's the other thing is we don't have a lot of info to go on. So that's why I've I've said all along when it comes to Trey Lance, we have to wait because we don't get to see it. Like if I'm personally there at practice at training camp and I see a lot, then I'll put some weight on that just because I've had a chance to see it. But even then you got to see it on the field, live bullets, pads on, games so preseason that's the time that we can really start to get into that and break down tree lands and if he's missing a ton and missing a ton high then I think we can start to connect some dots but right now OTAs with a couple of throws looking at this practice video that we don't even know what exactly they're practicing the thing I just noticed was the wide base because I was looking for it and he had that super wide base going and just taking these little steps with his wide base and so you can tell it seemed like to me that that's something he was absolutely working on
1: yep and if he's and if he's fixing that so, you know, at this quick, I think that's that's encouraging just yeah. kind of to where he is at this moment.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And and, and a bit, I mean, most of it's going to be neck up for him. Learning the playbook, being able to spit out plays and call protections and do those type of things and and be able to be trusted to be a quarterback and and start a football game. And I think it, the rest of it athletically for him is probably not going to be a problem. If he's a little bit inaccurate, that's something that can get better over years, too. It doesn't have to be fixed in six months before his first training camp.
1: All right. Hey, he get comfortable with the neck up stuff, then he's going to be all Yeah, right. He'll be all right. Yeah, He'll absolutely. Be all
0: right. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. And doesn't develop like a cocaine problem or something weird. You know, something like crazy that happens. You always hear these insane stories about high draft picks where something nuts happens. Maybe his trip to uh, Las Vegas with George Kittle and all of a sudden like he's slipping off to Vegas every five minutes. But no, I, he's he's just not that type of dude. I, there's just not a lot to worry about with Trey Lance. Right. Let's talk next. There was an interesting interview on KMBR from Mike McGlinchey talking about his 2020 season, where he's at physically, mentally, weight-wise, and some of those things. And Then I want to get back into the Twitter mailbag here. We've got some good questions. What about Madden? and Croc, I know you're a Madden guy, so you are the Madden expert. We'll get into that next. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. I know they have helped me, and now they want to give you even more help with a Credit Karma money spend account. You can be rewarded for good money habits where you can win cash reimbursements just for making purchases. When you use your credit karma money debit card, you can win daily instant karma purchase reimbursements for items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot and your instant karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. Credit Karma money progress starts here. So right now, go to creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for free. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. 49ers right tackle Mike McGlinchey on KNBR this week. And he was pretty candid. Talked about a number of things and what he went through in 2020. And uh, he took a lot of grief from 49ers fans for some highlight Pass block misses and still was graded out really well as a run blocker and doing that sort of thing. And he was visibly much slimmer than he had been previously in his career. And, and he addressed those things. And he put a lot on himself, which is really good to hear because he didn't, you know, try to fight back with, you know, whoever, reporters or anybody that was their fans that were calling him out or anything. And he said that was sort of part of it was it was the COVID-19 year. He was in isolation and it wasn't good for him psychologically mentally and he was just sort of in that rabbit hole of reading comments about himself and i can't imagine what that would be like for an nfl player to just have thousands of people on you on social media and on twitter like i i could never name search myself that'd be insane i probably wouldn't have a twitter at all if i was on the other side of this and i was a player because that would be pretty nuts um and it would be hard to fight the urge to go at people and be like, we don't know what you're talking about. Screw you and this and that. So um, and so he went through some of that last year and he said he was he was too he was too slim. He didn't play well and he was disappointed in himself from last year. And he talked about nutrition being a problem last year because of covid-19 and isolation. And he, he dropped more weight than he wanted to. And so he's back up to around 320 pounds, which is a good number for him. Much bigger, much stronger. And I think having that anchor is going to be huge for Mike McGlinchey. And uh, he seems primed physically and mel- mentally for a bounce back year. So that was fantastic to hear, Kruk.
1: Well, I, I hope so. I hope his weight is up because it's like, dude, you're, you're too big to be getting pushed over into yeah. quarterbacks, you know? And I, I do think that people, especially with offensive line, offensive line is kind of like cornerback, right? Where you can do your job 60 straight plays, but then that one play, it you know, mm-hmm. and if it looks bad, that's what everybody's going to take away from what you did that entire game. And I think maybe the, a little bit of that happens with a guy like McGlinchy, But, I mean, ultimately, like, he just has to stop getting bullied. And that, that happened even too often for my liking. And I'm not a person that's really, like, overly critical of players, especially, you know, guys like Officer line, because I, 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 I watch a whole game. And see him just doing his job consistently, and then that one play happens. But this this was happening far too often, and sounds like more often than he would like as well. I think a lot of it had to do with his weight. Yeah, you're I six think- nine. You're six nine. The thing in the NFL is what, or football in general, low man wins. Mm-hmm. And when you're six nine, you're never you're not really going to be the low man. So how are you going to win? Like you you have to figure out a different way. And I think his lack of strength combined with being as tall as he is really just made it really difficult for him to uh, stand guys up yeah
0: he was he was built like a basketball player last year and so at six 320 pounds isn't that much compared to what some other guys are doing you think someone like dj jones he's 320 pounds and he's like six feet tall, six one. Like he's a fireplug, right? <laughs> right? So that guy can get under you, and he's not—he's not, you know, taking on nose tackles or anything like that. But uh, it, it's easy to get under a guy, so you got to be thick in the lower half. You got to be strong. You gotta have good pad level and all those things. And so you get too slim, and and I think that's absolutely what we saw from Mike McGlinchey last year. So it's good to hear that he's—he recognizes it. Uh, he's fired up to fix it. And he's already there weight-wise, which is huge. So I think just the weight alone is probably a big part of it. But mentally, it's got to be hard to play on an island like that on the outside if you're mentally not into your own game. So yeah, a lot of bad for the 49ers last year. The whole COVID stuff, thank God. like Things are opening up now, mid-June. this It just feels like ah a breath of fresh air right now going on uh, around everything and the niners feel like they're sort of refreshed and it's a it's a transitional season i think for them because obviously with trey lance and the, the 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 new quarterback coming to town is always going to be a big factor for a team going forward but i just think for this year it's sort of a deep breath they every, they were trying to get back to the super bowl last year probably grinding too hard or maybe um the whole run it back thing it was just everything was a bad vibe injuries start fresh everybody seems like they've just got a little bit of extra jump in their step right now maybe that's every offseason but it feels a little extra because I I felt a little uncomfortable last year at this time all they were talking about was the Super Bowl it's like dude you got to play 16 games you don't go straight from yeah. week one to the Super Bowl so I never I never really felt comfortable with that last year
1: yeah I think people were confident with the team and it it is good to see the 49ers kind of get knocked back down to, you know, reality a little bit. And Hey, you got to earn this and you got to earn, you know, to make Mm -hmm. the playoffs every year. So it seems like right now they're in a more grounded state of mind, Uh, the fan base, the team, everybody just kind of understands that, all right, we got to really get back to work. So hopefully it's something that kind of knocked them down and they kind of understand now what it takes, not just this year, but years moving forward. they got to take each year at a time. And it's, it's an individual, isolated year. Just because you make the playoffs in one year doesn't mean that you're automatically going to make the playoffs in the next year.
0: Absolutely. Fired up, Jimmy G, too. Love seeing that. Uh, he, real quick, I want to go through this article from David Lombardi of The Athletic and a couple of highlights from it. You should go check it out. He, he details what Fred Warner's new contract could potentially look like. And um, looking at the biggest contracts in the NFL right now for linebackers, and, and I don't have any worries that this is not going to get done from the Niners' side or Fred Warner's side. It's just a matter of when it's going to get done and how much he's going to actually make. And essentially, Lombardi guesses somewhere around $18.5 million per year is what he'll end up getting, which would put him on a per-year basis as the top linebacker in the league. The question is guaranteed money, and there's a couple of interesting contracts that would be uh, comparisons there for him. So uh, Lombardi threw out a number: five years, ninety-two and a half million, about eighteen and a half million dollars per year. And you know, I think that sounds pretty reasonable. And you can read Lombardi's article to see all that stuff. But just going by the top linebackers currently paid in the NFL, Bobby Wagner is tops at eighteen million dollars per year. You know, Fred Warner's agent's going to say, "Well, don't even offer anything that's less than the guy's getting paid the most right now." So eighteen and a half—that's why <laughs> that's a pretty good number there. He's going to get eighteen mil per year. And uh, Wagner's deal was only a three-year deal for $54 million, so there's less guaranteed. The leader in fully guaranteed money for linebackers is C.J. Mosley, who signed a contract that the Jets would probably like to undo um, at uh, five years, $85 million. 17 per, but $43 million of that was guaranteed, so is... Warner's agent going to say, I need 18 mil and I need $43 million guaranteed. I need to top both of those lists. That'll be the hard part for the 49ers. But whatever it costs, do it now before some other linebackers come due. Darius Leonard is the big one. Get get Warner done first because that price is only going to go up as the salary cap also goes up, right? Like, get it done now.
1: And that's what I was going to say. I'd expect if he comes in at 18 or a little bit over $18 million, I think that's a win because they are expecting a huge increase in the salary cap, so Wagner's 18 million dollars right now or over the last couple of years per year is going to hurt Seattle more than the 18 million Fred Warner will get next year. and that's one thing too. like people may see him sign, but that money might not even kick in for another year or so. Look at look at Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes signed this mega contract, right? Like half a million, half a billion dollars. Yeah. And I don't even think he's been like, like, he's not even like, they're, they're not on that yet. It's, he's still like a, like a lower level pay scale for a quarterback.
0: Yeah. It's crazy backloaded. I think it doesn't really get big until 2024 or something like that for Patrick Mahomes contract. And at that point, fifty million million a year for a quarterback. That's if he's still playing at the level he's playing at might not look that bad. So. Um, yeah, right. So for Fred Warner and, and one of the other notes And definitely go check out Lombardi's article At theathletic.com uh, 30 he could have somewhere like a 30 million dollar signing bonus Which would get him a lot of that guaranteed money Which would also help the 49ers push Signing bonus money later So they did not have a big cap hit this year Because obviously they're, they don't have a ton of money to deal with now So that's, that's probably Something like what the structure would look like for Fred Warner I just wanted to note David Lombardi's Fantastic work there and you can go check that out and uh, and just reiterate to the fans out there, don't, yeah, don't don't worry too much about Fred Warner. That contract is going to get done. It's going to get paid a lot of money.
1: I, I'm just waiting for the uh, pay. Pray, uh, what was it last year with George Kittle? Pay George Kittle?
0: Oh, yeah, the the hashtag Hashtags? to come around. Yeah,
1: yeah. So the the Fred Warner ones, they're they're, they're coming. It's like yeah. dude, pay he's all pro Fred. They're not letting them walk. But there might be someone in the media that stirs it up like 49ers should trade Fred Warner. And I bet we'll see some of that. <laughs>
0: yeah. And for Fred Warner, like the Niners do have some leverage in that they could franchise tag him. And, and that would make him less money than if he signed a deal. So it's, for for Fred Warner's side, it's better for him if he signs a deal. and It's better for everybody all around. And you probably want to get that signed before you go out there in training camp and preseason games and start butting heads with dudes and, you know, potentially get hurt. So, Right. Before camp, they've got some time, right? They're, they're not practicing right now. Go get that, go go hammer that deal out, guys. Mailbag time, some Twitter questions, Madden. We'll get to all of them next. Have you checked out rockauto.com yet? If you haven't, you should. I'm looking around on here and I'm blown away how many parts they have for my old 1972 Ford ranchero my grandfather drove it off the lot in 1972 since then my uncle my brother eventually me and then now it's sitting everybody in our family has driven this car at one point i love this car it's been my dream to go work on this thing get it running and and pull it out of my uncle's backyard which it currently is growing weeds around and i'm blown away going through RockAuto.com and seeing all the parts they have for a 1972 ranchero let alone my Mazda CX-5, the current vehicle that I drive. All the parts you could ever need for your car or truck at rockauto.com. It's a family-owned business. It's been around for 20 years helping people buy parts online. No different price structures for mechanics or do-it-yourselfers. Reliably low prices. Right locked on in the box so they know we sent you. Go fix up that old car. Keep your new car running. Go to rockauto.com trying to get back into shape. Something that always fits into any diet I'm trying to do can give me energy throughout the day, can be a little snack, can be a meal replacement if I need it to be. High in protein, low in sugar, that's the key. It's what you're looking for in a healthy snack, and you can find them at BuiltBar.com. High protein, low sugar, low calorie snack you can feel good about and taste fantastic. No skimping on flavor when it comes to Built Bar's They're the best tasting protein bar on the market, but they are healthy too, which is exactly what I have a feeling you're looking for. And if you're not sure exactly which flavor to try, or you haven't tried them all and you just want more flavors, build yourself a box of Built Bars, or maybe find one of their limited edition flavors that can pop up at any time. Many bars have only 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs, even good for a keto diet. And best of all, you can save 15% using promo code LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. Just go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Croc, I know you're big into Madden football. I would have been able to beat you in Madden in like 2004 these days Mm, not so much maybe not oh i would have i would have destroyed you in 2004 these days though i i i can't imagine how badly (laughs) you'd beat me in madden i literally haven't played a madden since 2017 and that only played a couple times even since like 2014 really i haven't played much
1: i have to defend madden a little bit um there's just like i i want to say it's the cool thing to bash madden and Mm -hmm. talk about how bad of a product that it is but my friends and I, I mean, we, we play, I'm in the league, a man league, I mean, 32 users. And we play every single year, every year, like no matter the game. And we have, what well, we, we advance every 24 hours, unless all the games are played, then we'll advance sooner. But we have an amazing time playing. It's extremely competitive. We have a lot of fun doing it. So I see all this backlash about Madden, and what it is or isn't, and maybe comparing it to other games, which I don't know, because I don't play any other games. <laughs> I don't have time for that. But I think Madden is great. Like for someone that's like me, that's thirty-four years old, and to play it as consistently as we do, and to have fun with it, and to take it as serious. Last night, my wife was like, um, "I must have put my arms up and she was like, your armpits are sweating." I was like, "Man, I was just in an intense game, like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know." So, like, we have a great time. So there, I see, I see the backlash. Madden gets, oh, it's the same game every year. You know, the terrible product. They they add little things here and there, but ultimately we play it to play our league games. And I think we have a fun time doing it. So I don't know what everybody else is talking about, but yeah, I, I play Madden faithfully.
0: I mean, overall it was bad for the user when they got exclusive rights. And then the MVP uh, and the, the 2k I was, MVP was the baseball one, but um, and the 2k and, and the Madden sort of, you know, and then the show was doing baseball for Sony only. And then it just, it made the products worse, I think. And Competition is going to breed a better project, pro, pro, a better product for everybody. But I get what you're saying. It's still an awesome game, and uh, at least the last time I played, it's still really cool and it's fun. It's actually more fun, and it looks better to me because I don't play it every year now. So when I do see him play, I'm like, oh, okay, this is, this is different. You know, it feels different because I don't play it all that much. But I yeah. stopped playing, especially when the college game left, because I used to love the. I'd go through the college season, then I would import. The draft to Madden, and that's what it was all about. I loved that. And once that stopped yeah. happening, I was like, I didn't really play online. I just loved the the offline franchise stuff. That was that was my thing. But I've got a I've got a, a big pet peeve of mine. It's growing on me. It's starting to drive me crazy. Like folks out there in the world, and it's not just Madden. Folks out there in the world got to come up with their new their own stuff, man. You see Instagram. You see everyone doing the same dances. You see the same memes all the time. Uh, as soon as one person thinks of something funny, everyone just destroys it with dumb crap and repeats it and repeats and repeats it like folks yeah. can we think of some some stuff on your own can we come up with some nicknames on your own everyone's not the goat can we stop with the goat talk <laughs> the goat is the dumbest thing ever it was jerry rice and it was like gordy Howe before him it's over grace of all times have been done can we stop with it stop with the goat talk it's not interesting it's not funny it's just boring and dumb at this point and if you want to call Tom Brady the goat, I told it's totally fine. But what was your takeaway with the uh, the teaser from Madden that showed the goats? It looked like a goat and a baby goat, or something like that. Are we talking about Brady Gronk? Is it is it a, a tag team? I mean, Brady and Mahomes maybe on the cover? Like ah, it seems odd if they did that with two quarterbacks, right?
1: So I think there could possibly be two quarterbacks. Um, there was one Madden cover that did have two guys on it. I can't remember what year. But I want to say it was like two guys, like maybe going head up or whatever. It was like Madden 09 or something like Troy Palomaro and somebody. It was something like that. Okay. Um. So we have seen two guys on the cover at the same time. Definitely not two guys of the same position. If I had to guess, and, and, and it's I'm about two goats, and if one is bigger, right? If there's a like a you know grown-up goat and then a baby goat, I would have to lean towards Mahomes and Brady, right? Like Brady, the guy that is kind of, you know, older. He's clear, I mean, come on, 10 Super Bowl appearances. He's won, what, seven Super Bowls, right? Something like that. Crazy. And then you have Mahomes, who for the last three years has been in position to, you know, win Super Bowls. Obviously, lost to lost to Brady's teams twice, right? Once in the AFC Championship, then once in the Super Bowl. But you see, he's kind of heading towards that type of status, right? Like, uh, and people are assuming that he's going to continue this trajectory. If so, he might be the greatest quarterback we've ever seen. So, if there are two goats on there and one is bigger than the other, I would lean towards that Mahomes and Brady. But there is a chance that maybe Drew Brees can kind of sneak into the thing. Brees just retired. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe they want to pay a little homage to Drew Brees, who I don't know if he's ever been on the cover of Madden. I don't think so. Not in my recent memory. I can't I can't think of that. So maybe they're kind of trying to pay a little homage to him, but it's like can't give them all the love because we got uh, Tom Brady yeah. coming off another Super Bowl win.
0: <laughs> when I first saw it, I was like, oh, dude, Jerry Rice is going to be on the cover. That's awesome. But who's the other guy that's going to be with him? And it's like, oh, wait a second. They're talking about Tom Brady and somebody else. And then I was like, oh, it's probably Gronk. He could be the greatest tight end of all time. But it's like, oh, then someone pointed out, no, no, it looks like a full-size goat and a baby goat. And it's like, okay, it's got to be. Brady Mahomes, which would be kind of crazy. That's some star power for one cover to have two yeah. quarterbacks from two separate teams. Because at least Gronk and Brady are teammates. But uh, that leads me to our Twitter question here from that guy Rye, who says, "Who's going to be the first Niner on a Madden cover?" And he has a picture of George Kittle here. If and that would be a fantastic pick. But if I had to bet on who the first Madden, first Forty Nine er to be on a Madden cover would be. I would probably say
1: Trey Lance in a few years, right? Yeah, you always want to lean towards the quarterback. Now, if say in the perfect world, 49ers win the Super Bowl this year and, and George Kittle breaks all kind of records again and whatnot, mm-hmm. there's a chance you see him on the cover. And just because he's like that polarizing figure, he is the face of the 49ers. He's a guy every time I I feel like every time I turn on good morning football, he's on there talking about something. I keep watching this or seeing like this video of some, like, uh, coal or something or wood chips into, a like, a oh, barbecuing some, or something. A,
0: yeah, he's got a, a partnership with a barbecue brand for charcoal bricks or for some kind of something. Yeah, I have seen that.
1: Yeah, so, you know, he I mean, he's out there. His face is everywhere. Clearly, the, you know, most polarizing yeah. player on the 49ers. So, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised at all. If, if there was one guy, I would probably have to lean towards George Kittle.
0: That makes he's got the most star power currently on the 49ers, and uh, you know maybe Bosa could be that guy, but he's more of a quiet guy. You know, I don't think he's in the spotlight as much as George Kittle. So if there was somebody, right. if the Niners won the Super Bowl this year, yeah, George Kittle's probably probably right. gonna be that guy. It's kind of suck to be like an offensive lineman, even if you're like Trent Williams, like one of the best offensive linemen in the league. Just to know you're never gonna be on the cover of Madden, no matter how good you are. Like how good would Trent Williams have to be to be on the cover?
1: Like he's not going to be on the cover of anything, like no <laughs> offensive linemen. And that sucks because there are some really good offensive linemen around the league, and I, maybe they have to get better with their social media presence, right? Like that's a big thing right now, like guys just figuring out like different little niches outside of their sport, and you see, you know, the receivers and quarterbacks and, you know, defensive backs all building their brands. Maybe offensive linemen have to get better at building a brand, but they're kind of throwback. You know, offensive linemen, they're just these – Big throwback guys, and I just don't think they have that type of personality, but they gotta figure it out so they can start getting a little bit more love and become household names. Trent Williams should become should be a household name. Yeah. Everybody should know who this big guy is. And nobody does unless like he plays for your team or unless you really follow the NFL closely.
0: Right. Yeah. Like David Bakhtiari could walk down the street and you'd be like, that guy's pretty big. But you wouldn't be like, oh, that's NFL superstar, $20 million a year, David Bakhtiari there.
1: Right. (laughs) Right. Everybody in Green Bay knows who he is, but outside yep. of Green Bay, like he could walk freely through San Francisco and nobody would have a clue who he is.
0: Joe Staley, probably just a big
1: guy with long hair.
0: Yeah, big dude with long hair. Joe Staley probably would be the guy, the offensive lineman that would be most recognizable, at least for Bay Area fans. But a lot of guys on the current team could walk through a crowd and nobody would say anything except for that. That guy's big.
1: I think I think Joe Staley could be walking on the pier and Trey Sermon could walk right by Joe Staley and not know who he is at all. Yeah, and he
0: plays for the same team. (laughs) That's that's funny. Actually, speaking of Trey Sermon, here's the last question we'll get into today. And uh, I like this one because I wonder if philosophically we're seeing Kyle Shanahan change a little bit change his ideas of what he wants to do on offense this one from Keith says notice that picks one two and three in this draft for San Francisco went to guys who had similar skill sets to players like that Kyle inherited like a rocket arm athletic quarterback Lance and Kaepernick behemoth offensive lineman Banks and Trent Brown a power back from Ohio State Sermon and Hyde so is Kyle Shanahan sort of coming full circle here, Croc, and coming back to some players that he didn't actually want, the style of player that he didn't want when he entered the scene with the 49ers and now realizing, yeah, maybe we can do a little bit more with some varied skill sets that I've been ignoring for the last four years?
1: Uh, I, I still think, okay, even with the Kaepernick thing, one thing that Kyle Shanahan continues to harp on is the fact that you have to play from the pocket well first. And maybe there's something, you know, with Colin Kaepernick that he didn't like from the pocket. You know, and when you look at Colin Kaepernick, you know, there were inconsistencies in his ability to throw the ball. Now, everything else, I get it. I mean, big, strong, rocket arm, all that stuff, mobility, everything. But maybe there was something missing to that, would, that makes Trey Lance more appealing than it did Colin Kaepernick. That's me just giving Kyle Shanahan the benefit doubt.
0: Yeah, I think with Cappy probably thought I don't want to walk into a situation and then be married to running pistol and running zone read and stuff. Is like I I don't mind putting that in, but I think that's what he sees in Trey Lance is someone that can do like you said everything from the pocket first, then throw in the other stuff extra, and not not just focus the offense kind of like with RG three where it was like okay this is a zone read offense. I don't think Shanahan wants to go that far necessarily with the running quarterback.
1: Right. And I think with Trey Lance, he's seen Trey Lance function and function at a very high level. And in the offense that he ideally wants to be able to run. But then again, has that added element of being able to, you know, run the ball with your quarterback, which he has openly said he will be doing. But when it comes to round I think two, that's how do you think the other teams? I mean, is that like a signal to the other teams like, hey, you guys are going to have to worry about this. Like, just already giving them more to have to worry about. So now it's like, you know, going into a game, well, we're not sure exactly what he's going to do. He might do this, he might do that. But but he's saying, like, no, prepare for it. You guys are going to have to spend more time trying to think about all these different things that I'm going to do offensively. And even then, it's still not going to be enough because you won't be able to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, and I
0: could see Shanahan even throwing some some fakes out there, too. Like, with – because I know a lot of fans – don't want to see trey lance on the field as like this extra player this Taysom hill style thing going on but if shanahan just throws him out there in week one for one play then pulls him back off the field and doesn't plan on putting him out there again every team he faces has to to prepare for that and and what he ever yeah. whatever he shows in the preseason he'll show some zone read and some concepts that probably is going to make teams say well if if we have if we have to play this quarterback this might have to be something we go against. So, you know, for that reason, maybe it would be smart for Shanahan just to throw him out there a little bit early in the season. And that, that would be a freak-out moment, right? I can't imagine what Twitter would look like if all of a sudden Trey Lance runs on the field with Jimmy Garoppolo in a huddle in, like, week one.
1: <laughs> right. Well, I, I think not only would Twitter be uh, kind of freaking out, Detroit Lions, who who 49 play week one, they're yeah. just going to be like, oh damn, there we God have crap. to get ready
0: for this, too. Yeah, we didn't prepare for this, so we're screwed.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, but, hey, I will say rounds two and three with Aaron Banks and Trey Sermon, there might be something to that, Keith. There might be something too. maybe a little bit more size up front, maybe be a little bit more of a bully with the running game, um, maybe some more power concepts, but, you know, bigger guys that can still run the zone concepts too.
1: You know, the, the one thing with Carlos Hyde, remember, I, that might be the most passes Carlos Hyde ever caught in a year. But I think that the, the biggest issue with him was – I think his vision, and this is what just remembering kind of what Twitter was talking about at that time with Carlos Hyde, and that was like one of Carlos Hyde's best years, almost it ran 4,000 yards. But it sounds like his vision was the biggest issue, not really having the vision for the outside zone or stretch or whatever. Whereas Sermon, that's where he feels really comfortable and said, you know, he went back to saying, well, I watched a lot of the 49ers offense and yeah. and and that was what I kind of, you know, used to see how I have to hit the holes and run and things like that. So although they are from the same school, um, maybe, you know, similar style and whatnot, if their vision are different, they're they're not the same type of player.
0: Yeah. And even though they're big, they are very different players. And Carlos Hyde was a lot more one dimensional and sermon was very successful running the outside zone stuff. So I think that's, that's a big part of it, but there is, I think they were telling us something about like, look, we want to have a pocket, and we want to be able to get three yards on the ground when we need it. I think that is something that Kyle was telling us.
1: Well, I'm just I'm just curious to see how he's going to do with his rotation at running back. Man, got all these guys. That's going to be interesting.
0: Yeah, if <laughs> if they're healthy, we're down well, one already. Yeah,
1: it's a big if. <laughs> yeah. I keep seeing on Twitter, uh, aren't you tired of saying if they're healthy? And it's like, dude, but I mean, what else can you say? That's yeah. what it's been for the last eight years.
0: <laughs> it's in ingrained. There's some PS. PTSD at this point with injuries when yeah. it comes to the 49ers um, and we're going to talk running backs. We're going to talk about the two rookie running backs at some point later this week maybe next week. Get into those rookies talk a little bit about the current running backs in the 49ers. Don't forget about Raheem Mostert either folks. Don't forget about Raheem Mostert and that speed. Uh, we'll cover everything going on with the 49ers daily as we do here at BD Peacock, at Eric underscore Crocker Be back tomorrow right here. locked on 49ers